Today on episode number 73 of the Marketing Musician Podcast, we're going to answer the question, so you still want to have your own major record label? Ugh. We're also going to talk about the schedule of the Marketing Musician Podcast. A lot of people write in and say, please don't quit, please. So we'll talk about that and, of course, a snippet from my book. It might seem like a lot to make it happen today, but give it all you got and you just might find your way. Just make the music and you can choose to tell the world just who you are. Bells, gigs, make that dope. Watch that fan base grow and grow. So many tools you can use. So tell the world that's what you're gonna do Do it yourself, you can't lose Who can spread the word? Nobody's better than you You're listening to the Marketing Musician Podcast at marketingmusician.com All right, hello you marketing maniacs, he said, unmuting himself uh, I am your smiling host, Jammin' Dave Jackson Author of the book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement and keep them out of the asylum. That is right out there at marketingmusician.com as an audiobook, as a digital download. You can find it at Amazon. And it's a way to support the show. Our website is marketingmusician.com. Let me remind you that uh, if you don't have a website for your band yet, and please don't tell me, oh, we use Facebook. Oof, ah, that's bad. You can use it in addition to your website, but you definitely want your own website. Go out to marketingmusician.com. We've got a set of tutorials that will walk you through using WordPress, which is a free website tool, and it'll walk you through making your band's website. Quit waiting for Earl the Nerd to update your website when you can do it your own. So today, we have people that, you know, oh man, someday I want to get a major record label. I understand major record labels get you on the radio, but I was listening to the Jay Moore podcast. It's called More Stories. Now, he spells his last name M-O-H-R. He's a comedian. He's been in Jerry Maguire He's uh, one of the guys behind Last Comic Standing, and now he has a sports radio show. And uh, he had Mark McGrath from the band Sugar Ray on, and I uh, thought I would play you this little clip of uh, talking about having a major record label. You sold 10 million records. Is it because of that first uh, record deal that you guys didn't get like a fair split? And the, the, the... No, no, it, it just is institutionally all record deals are bad. You know what I mean? You get 14 cents on the dollar for the band. That's just the way, that's the, that's the, the 14 the, cents on the dollar. That was the system in place. That's how it was. Cause they had to pay for every band that failed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so they had a lot of overhead and all that, but that that, that was just the institutional. Hey, it was 14 cents. They add up, Mark. Well, you sell to, it's like Victor Brick. <laughs> they add up. Yeah. 14 <laughs> cents. They add up. But I've been very you. blessed. I, 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 you know, I, I got more money than I deserve. I don't have a big healthy appetite. You know, I, I like a watch every now and then. That's it. You know, so I've been able to save money and it's been smart with it. There you go. So 14 cents on the dollar. Now, again, if you charge $10 per CD, uh, that equals to $14 million? Really? Yeah, because 10 million CDs, right? Isn't that what he said? 10 million records. Or did he say 10,000? Doggone it. I have to hear that again. Uh, but nonetheless, 14 cents on the dollar is not a great deal. And then I had another clip from this where he's talking about soundtracks and what they used to make and what they make now. Mark McGrath, when you, so you do a lot of soundtracks. We like, have. Um, we have. All right, that American Pie soundtrack. Died. Huh? That business is kind of dead. The soundtrack the business? soundtrack business, yeah. That's probably because of the digital download. Yeah. Nobody wants to it's, download it's, it's a done. soundtrack. What they'll do now is they'll hire like T-Bone Burnett to like score the whole Riz, soundtrack. RZA. 
Yeah, or RZA. He's, I mean, awesome. RZA, he's great. He's really talented. Uh, so the, gone are the days where they have, all right, we have uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, okay? It's a TV show, and we're going to make a soundtrack to it because that they, they sold back then. And we've got $3 million to make a record. All right, so they go out to the artists they want. We were hot at the time back then, uh, and they reached out to Sabrina the Teenage Witch people, and we covered Abracadabra by Steve Miller. Get it? Oh, Sabrina Teenage yeah, Witch, Abracadabra. the worst Steve Miller song ever. Oh, boy, man, we made it worse, too, believe me. And, uh, I they, heat up. I can't, can't cool down. down. The situation goes round, round and, and round. round. Black panties with a, I, I, I don't know, angel's face. Black, well, you know what? I, I think Steve Miller, I've said this before, one of the most underrated people in rock and roll. Now, when you're scrolling through TV and you yes go by no. the Palladia, or, well, I'm, I'm going to add on to that. When you go by Palladia or Access Channel, every now and then you'll see Steve, Steve Miller live in concert. I dare you not to watch that if you stumble upon Steve Miller live. Yeah. The catalog of hits, the voice still in full effect and still singing the keys as he did as a youngster. Yeah, everybody which, else keys it down. Not much. Not much. No, everybody else. Oh, everybody else is. Like, you go it, see Jane's Addiction, it's like, oh. coming down the mountain. <laughs> Dude, they like, got old. It's a little, it, it's, and, and Perry, great voice, but he's singing really high, so it's you get older, and it's just 50. natural. Yeah, your, your voice goes away. He still looks great, too, by the way. Uh, and Steve Miller still sings in the same keys. One of the best blues guitar players you'll ever hear in your life. Yeah? And you know, he's a great guitar player, very underrated as a guitar player. So my point, what you're saying, incredibly underrated musician, and still sells out, you know, amphitheaters and sheds. Steve uh, Miller, here's something that uh, and a hundred grand to your answer. How much they pay you to like maybe cover? Oh, there you go, a hundred grand back in '98 too. So like, to be on a yes, please, I'll do that. To be on a soundtrack, you were asking why you would do that. That's why, and like we would never give them. What you do is when you're you'd you'd, you'd uh, record an album and you'd have a couple B sides or things that didn't make the record, and you'd throw them one of those, and they'd make the soundtrack. I had no, I that give filler. Yeah, but a hundred k, hundred k, '98 too. By the way. We were, you know, by the way, we were at the top of the charts, hot band, just coming off a number one song. So American Pie soundtrack, American Dad soundtrack, Cheaper by the Dozen soundtrack, already we're at $300,000. Yeah, you I mean, some varied, you know. Herbie Fully Loaded, Coyote Ugly, Scary Movie 2, <laughs> Max Keeble's Big Movie, Stealing Harvard, Scream, Escape from L.A., Surf's Up, Buzz Cuts Volume 2, Clock Stoppers. Uh, what's NASCAR Full Throttle? Is that a video game? It was like, a, yeah, a video game type. That's not 100 grand. No, no, those are all... They're all varying. You know what I mean? Some were more, some were less. But it, there was a lot of money to be made in the soundtracks. That's why we all did it. You're not going to see very many anymore. They don't, they don't do it. You said B-side. And when I listen to like, um, like uh, the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack, yeah. uh, I, When I Want to Die by Nirvana, I'm like, this, is, this would have been one of their biggest hits. Right. Well, you just said Nirvana. We're th- I'm talking about Sugar Ray. <laughs> we didn't write a lot of hits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we weren't that important on the radar. I remember when I went to Exeter back in 2004, they're like, what, 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 why, why are you, are you, you're in Sugar Ray. Why, why are you hosting Extra? I go, because I was in Sugar Ray. <laughs> this wasn't Nirvana or Pearl Jam yeah. or, you know what I'm saying, dude? I'm, I'm out there hustling and trying to make, and our window kind of came and went, if you didn't notice. You know? And here's the thing with Extra is you guys have to give me a check every Thursday. Oh, that was great. And I don't have to get on an airplane to go pick it up. And deal with other people and blah, blah, blah. And, and I had an office for the first time. It was How phenomenal. long did you do? Uh, I was extra for four years. And why did you leave? Uh, they kind of was showed that my contract ended, okay? And they said, listen, we want you to do more stuff. We want you to go on, uh, on like, you know, CNN when something breaks. And I was basically just the host. I'd show up. I'd do an interview every now and then. I'd do all the award shows. They wanted me to, like, work more and do all this stuff. And I just kind of said, you know what? I'm just going to kind of go back to the band and do my thing, you know? And that's why I left. And, and, you know, and it, Mario Lopez was kind of coming up. I kind of saw the writing was on the wall and they were making changes, you know. So I, I knew, 
I could have stayed another year, but it would have been another year. You know what I mean? I, I saw the writing on the wall. I didn't have the passion for it. I didn't love it. But the money was great. I made more money in those four years than I'd made in my entire music career. Wow. <laughs> four years, for however many years he was in music. So I thought it was just interesting that if you're still hoping that someday you get that major record label, you know, you can sell your music on CD Baby and make four bucks a CD. Think about that versus, you know, uh, 14 cents times 10, $1.40, right? $1.40, if you figure for 10 bucks and uh, versus four bucks. Wow. That's, uh, that's an interesting uh, spin. So I wanted to play you a clip from uh, my book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement. We've talked about getting your first gig. This is talking about your performance. He said hitting the play button. The Musician's Cooler presents Get Your Band Out of the Basement and Keep Them Out of the Asylum. Written and read by the author, Dave Jackson. This is disc number three. Now it's time to talk about your performance. Congratulations, you got the gig. Now it's time to do what you do best. Entertain people. Now, while I realize the purpose of this audiobook is to get you out of the basement, the rest of this book will be focused on keeping you out of the basement and building your fan base. To me, the waiting is the hardest part. Now, I know this might be your... F- I just realized we played this in last week's episode. <sighs> All right, next up, we're going to play a clip from my book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement. For the record, this thing is on disc three. This is only available on my website. This part is not in the Kindle book. Uh, the Kindle book is titled Get Your Band Out of the Basement. The audio book is Keep Your Band Out of the Basement in Get them out of the asylum. And I know there's parts of the, the audio book that are not in the Kindle book. Uh, the Kindle book is more focused on just starting your band. It's also a lot less money. And uh, either one would help support the show. So this is one about smooths, smooth gigs. You want your performance, you want the gig to be a smooth operation. So it's usually not a bad idea to visit the club before the gig. By arriving early... You have time to figure out how the band is going to set up, plug in, and make music. You can also take this time to do a sound check. You're going to make your first impressions soon, so you might as well get the sound system right. If you go on at, say, 9 o'clock, then show up at the gig at 7. Now, this seems a little crazy at first, but there may be a time when you're glad you had the extra time to run home and get that item you forgot. Or maybe you have to troubleshoot a buzzing noise or figure out how you're going to set up or where you're going to plug in. At least the first time, you want to show up really early. Make sure everyone knows how to get to the gig. If needed again, follow each other just like you did to the studio. When you arrive at the club, everybody should help each other unload their stuff. This is only fair. The keyboard player only takes about two minutes to set up, while the guitar player takes 15 minutes to lug in their amps, their effects, and their guitars. Typically, the PA is the one item that may be a wink link. Not everyone may know how to set up the PA. It doesn't take a genius to unwind cables and set up mic stands and lift speakers. You are a team, and this can be a great team-building exercise. If this isn't followed, 
then someone will get to sit down while the others slave over the setup. This will cause resentment. Not may, it will. Follow the same procedure at the end of the gig. Everybody helps everybody load everything back into their cars. So again, think about it. The singer might have to pack up a microphone while the drummer has to tear down all the cymbals, all the stands. Everybody helps everybody. And if you don't know how to do it, train each other. I know how to tear down a drum set. In the same way, the drummer should know how to wind up some mic cables. Now, with the leftover time you have, instead of sitting around and talking to your friends, hang out with the customers of the club. You may find out that there's a birthday or an anniversary or a party going on. And if the birthday party is going to be sticking around for the band, well then, these are the people that you're going to be winning over with your music. So why not get a head start by saying hi to them now? Here's a great tip. Mic cords are messy. You know, they're all over the floor, and when you wind them up, or if you throw them in a box, when you go to pull one out, one is connected to another one, which is connected to another one. It's just a giant mess. So here's what a, a great tool. It's usually around somewhere between 5 to $10. If you go to any hardware store, go to Lowe's, go to a Home Depot here in the States. What it is, typically they're orange, at least the ones I see. And it's a reel. It's a big wheel with a handle on it that's typically used for an extension cord, like an electric cord. You can use these for microphone cables. You simply kind of tie in the first microphone cable and you wind it around. When you come to the end of it, you simply click in another microphone cable and keep on cranking it on and on and on. Now, because of the connectors, it's going to make the reel kind of lumpy, but it does work. And then when you get to the gig, you simply grab the reel, pull it in, and you pull the cords off. And when you get to the end of the cord, you unsnap it from the one that's on the reel. It's very easy, makes it very easy to cart your mic cords around, and it doesn't create the mess. Now, at the gig, you want to sound good. A good sound man can make a mediocre band sound great, and also vice versa. Ask other groups what person they use, and keep an eye open. The same place you find band members is where you can typically find a good sound man as well. While your original goal was to get out of the basement, your new goal should be to sound as good as possible. This becomes an issue when it comes to setting individual volumes. Look, nobody wants to play and not be heard. However, if the bass is so loud that you can't hear the guitar or vocals, the band suffers. Yes, one bad amp setting can ruin the whole band. The hard thing is mixing a band is a subjective process. Some people like a lot of bass, while others like lots of drums. This, again, can cause friction. If you can't afford a sound man, have the players that solo. So let's say in my band, I solo on the guitar, the keyboard player also solos. Anyone that solos should be using a volume pedal on stage if you can't afford a sound man. This way, they can turn up during the solo, and more importantly, turn down during the rest of the song. An awful technique that is used almost by every band I've ever been in when it comes to volume is this. You set the volume level on your instrument, in my case the guitar, let's say you you put it on 5, and then you turn your amp up. Then, as the night goes forward, 
you gradually turn up your instrument and drown out the rest of the band. Now, because you didn't touch a knob on your amp, remember, you're turning it up on your instrument, you can look shocked when somebody accuses you of turning up and announce, hey, I haven't even touched a single knob on my amp. I haven't even been near it. You didn't need to, again, because you were controlling the volume with the volume knob on your instrument. Now, consequently, by the third set, everybody is on 10 and the crowd is deaf. I have never been in a band that didn't occasionally have discussions about the overall sound of the band. A great trick by bass players is to tune out the entire low end. So they make their sound kind of thin. They turn off the bass end. Now, they're not turning up their volume, they're turning up the low end, which of course is almost the same as turning up the volume. Same difference, you end up too loud. So great. Now everybody is set to 10, and the singer has to scream to be heard. Now, being the selfish person you are, you don't care. Now the bad news is, it's Friday, and tomorrow you have another gig. Now because everybody turned up, the singer had to scream, and guess what? Now Saturday comes along, and the singer has no voice, because you made them scream for three hours last night. Once again, a band is a team. You are only as strong as your weakest link, and now your singer has no volume knob to turn up. When you're learning songs, you may want to learn a song specifically for a sound check. This would not be a song that you would normally play. It may spotlight backup vocals, guitars, keys. Now, when you first start out, if you use one of your standard tunes and there are people there for both the sound check and the performance, well, they get a rerun. So if you want to go the extra mile, there are decibel meters that you can pick up at, say, a Radio Shack. If you truly want to pinpoint your volume level, these are about 20 to 30 bucks, and of course, they're completely optional. But keep in mind that you want the band to sound good. And again, if you describe to people as you're telling them to turn down that you want the band to sound good, and hey, I can't hear my guitar, or hey, I can't hear my bass because the keys are too loud, explain to them that you can't hear. It may be simple as moving somebody's amp closer, rearranging the stage, or it may be a case that somebody does actually need to turn down. But keep in mind, at this point, the goal is to make the band sound good. All right, there you go. That is, again, from my book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement. That is available over there at marketingmusician.com. Also, uh, I've had some people, well, we'll talk about this now. I said I was going to kill the Marketing Musician podcast. I've been doing it this topic for about 11 years, and um, I'm not in a band right now. I'm not sure I'm going to get back in a band, and I've had some people offer to take the podcast I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, something I would look into, I guess. But I had more than enough people say, look, please, uh, we understand you can't do this every week. We understand you do the school of podcasting. And that's really right now, unfortunately, where, where most of the money is in terms of my time. And when you got $28,000 worth of student loans, you kind of got to go where the money is. Um, but that's when somebody said, put up a donate button, Dave. So there you go. Go to marketingmusician.com forward slash donate marketingmusician.com forward slash donate. You can put in a buck. You can put in five, 10, 20, 100, whatever you feel like doing. And 
it's simply a case where I'm going to go my, I, I have to take my hours and put them where the money is. And it's weird because I, I typically haven't done this show for the money because quite frankly, there hasn't been any in it. Uh, but as time is getting short and it's harder to make content for this show, uh, that's one of the things that we have to now put into play here. So, um, like I said, I've been doing this for 10 years and I heard that, and I do have some stuff we're going to be talking about. I do have some topics for next week's show or, or next month's show, I guess is probably what I should say. I'm going to shoot for every, at least once a month, tops once every two weeks. But I will say everything I've said on every other podcast, until I say we're done, we're not done. And I know I said we're done at the end of the year, but everybody's like, no, no, please keep it going, keep it going. And uh, I'm not sure what other shows are out there about music marketing. I know there are a few. And uh, when I started, I was one of the first back, uh, you know, nine years ago. And I've been doing it all this time. So everything uh, we talked about today, you can find out at our website, which is marketingmusician.com. And to get to um, everything that, that we talk about with the books and things like that, here's the address marketingmusician.com forward slash 73. That's where you can buy the book. That's where you can see the notes and get links to Jay Moore and things like that. And again, if you'd like to help support the show, simply go out. Here are ways you can do it. If you don't want to donate, go out, use the Amazon button. Anything you buy through Amazon doesn't cost you a dime. Just go through marketingmusician.com and I get a small kickback for that. That's the easiest way. It doesn't cost you a dime. If you feel like donating, look, I just went to the movies. I watched a uh, what I feel was a piece of crap movie. I think it was called Starting Over. It was a chick flick. I paid uh, 20 bucks for the movie tickets and another 20 bucks for popcorn. 40 bucks and got really no value out of it. So if you find value in this show, you want to keep it going, simply go over to marketingmusician.com forward slash donate. Go out to Amazon, buy my book. Or better yet, go out to Amazon. Go out to marketingmusician.com. Click on the Amazon link. And then buy my book. I'll get get the double dip that way. There you go. So, yeah, we're going to keep it going. And I already found some stuff for the next episode. And uh, so we'll see you, hopefully, in two weeks with another episode of the Marketing Musician Podcast. And um, I always say, for those who have money, there's therapy. For the rest of us, there is music. Stay cool, everybody. See you again real soon.